Hi, everybody. My name is Traven Rice. I'm excited to kick off what I'm calling season two of Lowdown Culture Cast. And we're here on the Lower East Side, and we are documenting and talking with culture changers. And that can mean all different kinds of things. But, you know, the history of the Lower East Side um, is full of culture changing. Uh, but we wanted to talk to people who are still here doing exciting things or who have just come here. And one of those people who've come fairly recently is my guest, Hannah Traore. And she has a gallery just down the street at 150 Orchard Street. Um, and the gallery has been here two years. And uh, Hannah was born and raised in Toronto and developed an affinity for art and appreciation for different perspectives at a young age. Her mother, an art collector and fiber artist, infused art into every part of her life while her father, a Malian immigrant, immersed her in his culture, which introduced her to issues of representation in the art world and beyond. After obtaining a BA in art history from Skidmore College, Traore became the painting and sculpture curatorial intern at the Museum of Modern Art and later served as project manager to Isold Braillemeyer, currently deputy director of the New Museum NYU professor and independent curator. So you are aiming to celebrate the things that make each of us extraordinary. And you have been celebrated for your work um, by being included on the 2023 Forbes 30 Under 30 list in art and style. And you were honored recently on Apollo Magazine's 2023 40 Under 40. It's quite a resume. <laughs> <laughs> it always feels weird to hear that um, said back to me. <laughs> <laughs> it should be exciting, too. Yeah. <laughs> and the gallery um, is committed to advocating for celebrating artists who've been historically marginalized, um, whether underrepresented, overlooked, or exploited. The gallery is building a path forward to share their extraordinary visions with the world. So how did you decide on this specific space and the neighborhood a couple years ago when you were looking for your first New York gallery space? I actually only was looking in the Lower East Side for a couple reasons. One being I knew I wanted the gallery to be among other galleries and kind of a community of galleries. And there's only a few places in New York that that exists, which is Chelsea, um, newly Tribeca, Soho, not really as much anymore, um, and then the Lower East Side. And they all have very different identities. Chelsea is kind of more old guard. Um, there's great galleries. I'm going there later tonight, actually, for an opening. Um, but it's really old guard, and Tribeca is kind of... The Chelsea galleries have decided to move to Tribeca um, to be in... for multiple reasons. But the Lower East Side is really where the new and exciting, in my opinion, galleries are, um, who are, you know, showing not necessarily just emerging artists, but artists who are doing things maybe a little bit more outside the box. And so um, the Lower East Side just seemed like the most obvious just choice for me. But on top of that, the Lower East Side has such an incredible energy outside of just the galleries and art. Um, and I really wanted that as well because it, you know, I, I spend more time in the Lower East Side than I do probably where I live because of the gallery. And so it's my second neighborhood or first neighborhood really. And so kind of that energy is something I wanted also for the gallery because I don't just want people coming to the gallery because they know of the gallery. I want people walking by to look inside and say, oh, well, what's going on in here? And come, uh, come inside, which happens all the time. So 
it's a really nice place to be. I wish that I had taken the time before opening the gallery to kind of stop by every single shop and say hi, which was in my plan. But of course, the day before the gallery, we still didn't have a door. Oh, really? (laughs) Literally. In the winter, by the way, January 20th. So it was just so hectic that I never had the chance to, and I still haven't. And so that's something that I really do want to do because I've, you know, kind of naturally made friends in the neighborhood. Um, Of course, the coffee shops and things like that Mm. and like right in my vicinity. But I think um, I'd like to make a little bit more of an effort to... Um, like insert myself a little more in the community. I have actually um, inserted myself in like the larger community a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We did a show um, about a year ago with school children in the neighborhood. We reached out to about 10 schools and three responded. Mm-hmm. And so we did this beautiful exhibition of, of work by kids ages three to like 14. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, not 14, maybe 13. Um, and that was a way for me to kind of like be among the community because I don't think that, you know, it's right to just kind of plop yourself into a community without trying to reach out to the community and do something for the community, especially in, you know, when we talk about gentrification and things like that. Yeah, sure. But yes. um, as far as the the school children, I did read that you had thought about being a teacher early days so that's something that still stays with you yeah I part of the reason that I love owning my own space is because I can bring whatever I want into the space and I knew opening the gallery that I wanted to bring everything that is important to me into the space which is community is huge for me Mm -hmm. so I've been so proud and and lucky to see the community that we have grow um but children is like so high on that list as I said earlier to you, I have a million little cousins um, in Toronto and then also in my dad's country um, in Mali, who I get to see as well when I go visit. And so kids have just been always a huge part of my life. And I just think that they're the most wonderful beings. Um, And so I wanted to be a teacher until sophomore year of college. And so it's nice that I was able to bring that into the space. And I hope to do more projects with children in the future. Mm -hmm. Food is another one, which... Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really figured out how to bring that to the space yet, especially because we do get ants when we have food in the space. But <laughs> I'm sure that's I'll not the <laughs> only creatures that you get if you're exactly <laughs> you're in New York. <laughs> um, and then the last uh, part of it is is um, is fashion, which we kind of from the beginning have kind of been um, had a foot in, which is really nice. And um, stay tuned because we'll have ev- an even bigger foot in in the future. So um, was that something that you consciously decided to do or how did that happen? Definitely, definitely. I mean, fashion has always just been really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually when I was deciding what kind of college to go to, I was deciding between fashion school, art school, and then liberal arts school. And I chose liberal arts and then studied art history. But it was always kind of in the back of my mind. And the art world and the fashion world in New York are so, um, are so, meshed anyways and so Mm -hmm. it wasn't actually very hard for me to kind of like wiggle my way in but we did have an exhibition um, in the space curated by the incredible um, the incredible Antoine Sargent for Helmut Lang so that was kind of like the first like concrete fashion collaboration Um, but we're gonna have some more really exciting ones in the future that's amazing so those are for fashion weeks or how no that well that was for fashion week yes Um, this the, what, what's going to be happening in the future is hopefully going to be something that will be happening every year and not necessarily to do with any fashion weeks, but just um, something really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and and in terms of food, um, 
There, I actually do have some idea, ideas. There's um, an incredible food collective called Ghetto Gastro mm-hmm. out of the Bronx. And um, they do really, really incredible work with food and community. Um, and so I'm hoping that that could be something. I'm hoping that they can figure out a way to bring food into the gallery. Um, so you, speaking of looking for your first space, um, and, you know, as I mentioned, by the way, 30 under 30. <laughs> so I know you get recognized as very much um, a young gallery owner. Mm-hmm. How does that how has that been? It's honestly, in a lot of ways, been great. One, I think most of the older galleries don't see me as a threat <laughs> because I'm so young, which is great. So they've been really helpful. And I'm not to say that they wouldn't be helpful otherwise because, you know, they're the people I'm speaking about are great and um, really wonderful people anyways. But um, so I think that honestly, yeah, I think at first I was really worried about being taken seriously, of course. And then after a while, it's the kind of thing where it's your work speaks for itself, you know? And so I'm really proud of my program, um, the artists I show, and the work we do. And so I think people talk less about my age now than they did at the beginning, Mm -hmm. unless it's to say, you know, just to compliment me, honestly. Um, But yeah, it it was more of an issue at the beginning, I would say. and speaking of your program, I, the, so the show that caught my eye was Misha Japanwala. Mm-hmm. Um, that was where I first sort of saw you. That it looked like you were doing something really interesting. Can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about that show? Yes. Oh, I love Misha. Um, so Misha and I met a long, long time before her show came to fruition. Actually, I reached out to her cold, cold email um, through the internet. And she didn't answer, and I was so devastated. And I, I, I reached out again, and she said, "Oh, I didn't see the first one." Anyways, um, but you had just seen her work and on Instagram actually, and thought that that would be like a nice fit. I just yeah, I thought, and that's that's what's interesting is like people always ask me like, what, how do you decide what work is going to be in the gallery? And the answer is just like, what speaks to me? And her work really spoke to me for a lot of reasons. Aesthetically, it's gorgeous, but I think like beauty is such a good way to force people to look at really tough conversations and tough themes and topics and I think she does that beautifully um and so well so if you were just explaining about her work to somebody yeah how would you describe it so she molds the body and she does this to do a lot of different things one she molds the body to show what real bodies look like um she doesn't edit she doesn't smooth out dimples. She doesn't smooth out, um, you know, um, rolls. <laughs> you know, she doesn't. She molds the body as it is and as it is in its beauty, mm-hmm. and puts that on the wall, mm-hmm. which I think is is so special. She, not only only does she put it on the wall, but you can actually also wear it. Mm-hmm. And so she made one for me and made one for her um, to wear to the opening. And I think. The story of that kind of shows the work that she does because I'm can be self-conscious of my breasts because they're quite large. And so honestly, they don't sag that much, but they, they sag more than my friends with smaller breasts have. And so I, you know, made a little joke to her. I was like, you know, when you're making it, you can't lift them a little bit. And she was like, I promise you when you see it as art, you'll, you're going to think that they're beautiful. And I was like, mm, we'll see about that. 
And I did. I truly, truly saw the finished piece and there was no insecurity, no stress. It was a piece of art and it was yeah. so beautiful and it made me think about my own body differently, which I think is so important. I think what's incredible about Misha's work is also the context of it. She grew up in Pakistan and uh, gets a lot of negativity or negative reaction from mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that she doesn't also get totally celebrated by a huge community there, mm-hmm. but you know she's gotten death threats. She's she's um, been torn apart, honestly, um, for the work that she does, mm-hmm. and has been called shameless mm-hmm. as as a negative. And so that's why the 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 title of the show was um, Traces of Shamelessness because she takes that idea of shamelessness and and owns it and actually sees it as a good thing and wears it as armor. And the whole show was 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 cast in Pakistan of individuals who, who she thinks are shameless in the same way that she is. So, you know, writers, activists, friends, other artists. Um, and I think it's really a beautiful way to kind of pay, pay homage to the people that she looks up to and respects. Mm-hmm. And it's very brave. Super brave, extremely brave. And it's so interesting too. And we, I was just talking about this with at, at a panel with my last artist because my last artist show, Quill Lemons, was a lot more risque, mm-hmm. way more risque. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get any hate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about context. You know, people um, people who that show reached, they were only celebratory. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Misha, she has a different reach. And, show, and so it was, it, you know, it was a little tougher. Yeah, probably there's just for different reasons felt more rebellious in certain ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Again, in the context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say that it's the, the stuff that you know you just it resonates with you, but what are those things that stand out? Honestly, I think the biggest thing is a point of view. There's so much sameness in our world, but also in the art world, um, you see so many works that look the same or that could be from like multiple different artists um, or artists that look like they could make multiple different works. And I love seeing an artist who work I've never really seen before you know it's so them um I was just I had a studio visit with an artist who's having a show or in September sorry yesterday and I was we were talking about one of my other artists Anya Paintsel um because we were talking about people trying to copy artists and we were laughing because Anya's work I mean you just cannot copy it like you actually cannot even if you tried because it's so her Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like it before and I think that's what really draws me to the artists that I work with is it's work I've never seen before, whether that's because of the t- their technique, their process, the finished, you know, aesthetic, um, the colors, whatever it is, it's new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there seems to be some themes or, you know, underlying kind of messaging that always comes through very clearly as well, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, um, yeah, definitely. So... Okay, so after two years, yeah, I did read that you, getting going, you had learned that it was very um, disappointing at first when people wouldn't respond, when you were like, <laughs> you could get a lot of no's, but then it, it turned out, what, what was your takeaway from going through all of that when you were first getting going? Well, I knew that was going to happen because no one knew who I was, so of course people weren't going to answer and they're like, what even is this? And so, but that actually made it all the more special when people did say yes, like Misha, like Camila, um, like, well, Moya already knew me, but some of these artists, James, who were like my first 
roster, um, Renee, it made it more special because they were really putting trust into me. Now, I mean, obviously the artist has to trust me, but they also can look back and see my track record, whereas there was no track record. And so it really was about the relationship that we built and the trust we built between us. And so it, it made it almost more special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you first were reaching out, what, when you were saying, this is my idea for this gallery, this, what were you saying to them? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know if I remember. <laughs> I talked a little bit about who I am as a person, you know, my resume, um, and then talked about my vision for the space. Camila, we met, and then I actually brought her to the space when mm-hmm. it was still under construction. Um, and I think that also really helped because it was like, this isn't just, like, I'm not making this up like I have a space (laughs) you know like yeah it's real so this is the real space yeah what was the vision for the space so my vision for the space was has always been to be um I hate this term but a safe space for not only my artists but for my community as well because a lot of galleries um are not a lot of galleries feel really scary and intimidating to walk into when you look like me um or if you look like a lot of my artists. And so I wanted to be a gallerist who shows artists who, like my like the bio says, have either been kind of completely ignored or exploited, which happens a lot, you know, to, to kind of check a box mm-hmm. um, by the art world and have someone who really can relate to them and like understand them and see them for them and not look at the fact that they're black or queer, but look at the fact that their work is amazing. And then they happen to be from those groups because I think a lot of the time what happens is people are so eager to be diverse that they're lazy about it and that they they don't really care about the actual artist or work. They care that people know that they're showing a black artist. And that is such a disservice. That's, it's the definition of performative activism and performative um, diversity. And so I wanted to be everything that wasn't. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, I really wanted to be a space that was open to things outside of what would usually be seen as like a gallery show. Mm-hmm. So even the amount of programming we do is definitely outside of what normal galleries do. But just being open to like, for example, the kids show, you know? Or um, someone came to me wanting to, um, there's this great um, organization called Artistic Noise who work with youth um, who have been affected by incarceration. Mm -hmm. um, And they work with them through art therapy and art programs and it's just incredible and they, Um, needed a space to do their final show. And I love being able to say yes to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now Pace is doing it tomorrow. (laughs) Ah. Pace Gallery, which, you know, I think that's that's great because it's not about me. It's about the kids. Um, But, yeah, so I think think that's really interesting. Yeah. That's beautiful. And what is on the horizon for this upcoming year, for year number three? More incredible artists. <laughs> We're actually booked up pretty much until the end of this year, which is really exciting with shows. I'm really excited about every single one. Um, there'll be that, you know, um, fashion collaboration that you'll you'll hear about. Um, and just like, you know, we do a lot of art fairs, but just mm-hmm. continuing to grow our community and um, deepen, for me, deepen my relationships with the artists that I work with already. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love meeting new artists, going to new artist studios, building those relationships, mm-hmm. um, just continuing. But you're planning on sticking around the Lower East Side for a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a 10-year lease. 
Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine, at least now, I can't imagine being anywhere else. So as you're moving forward and becoming more recognized and known and you have a track record, um, where will you continue to look for the new artists or for new and people who are still not you know, being seen mm-hmm. in the way that you think um, they deserve? So I, I find artists in a whole bunch of different ways. Social media, honestly, is a way that you can find artists. Some of my artists have been found that way. Being in the art world in New York is huge, just knowing people and you know getting to meet artists through other people but just kind of being in this community really helps and I've met artists that way um, and then artists residencies is a huge way that I find artists as well that's how I found my next artist Chella Man, actually um, and there's some great ones in New York and all over the world um, and you can go and meet with artists in their studios and it's a really great way to see a lot of studios at a time but also just have really great conversations with artists because sometimes it's hard to kind of make that connection and be invited to someone's studio or invite someone to your studio, you know, from the artist side and from the gallerist side. And so um, artist residency makes make that a lot easier. Mm-hmm. 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 And um, is there anything that you wish people would ask you but they never ask you? Um, I think that, I mean, I would like to just like underline the fact that I could never have done this alone. And there's so many people like both paid and unpaid, (laughs) um, who like make it possible. My friends, but also like friends within the art world who like are my first stop when I'm having any kind of issue. Um, like Andrea Delph, Storm Asher, Sierra Britton, we have a group and like anything wrong that happens, you know. Um, we're all in the art world, two of them own a gallery and um, two of them own separate galleries and then one is um, is a director. But that's so important. Mentors are so important. I have so many amazing mentors. Kenneth Montague is older, Bill Meyer, um, to name two. But yeah, I just I, I really just could not have done it alone. My parents, my siblings. Yeah. It was actually my brother's idea, um, really? the kids show. Well, no, no, oh. not the gallery. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give him that credit. But no, the kids show was, was my brother's idea. I'd mentioned wanting to do something with kids, and I we had a lag in the gallery because one of my artists um, needed more time. And he was like, you know, what about, like I like, you know, brought my siblings together. We were all thinking, he was like, you know, it would be a great idea. What about the, the kids? So, yeah, I really just could not do this alone. So it's a really big team effort. It's a, mm. Even though I have one, one full-time employee, the team effort is gigantic. Everybody. Everybody, everybody.